I was trying to think about um, how I've been feeling uh, as we sort of process, progress in, in, in our world. And, and the image that kind of came to me, uh, when I, uh, years and years ago now, went to the orphanage in Romania to pick up Elmas, uh, they, they brought her to, uh, to this office space where we were waiting. And there was this little tiny three-year-old dressed in a, a, a hot pink ski jacket that I had brought. And she was standing like this. And her eyes, uh, if you know Elmaz, you know she has big brown eyes. And, and I sort of felt as if I was that little girl uh, so many years ago where something is happening and I don't know where it's going. I don't know what's going to happen with these folks around me. You know, nowadays I come up to someone and like, as any of you here know, my first inclination is to do what? Hug you. And I, and I go, oh, okay, uh, do, do you want it? Uh, maybe yes, maybe not. And, 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 and also I find that, uh, trying to recognize people. I don't know if you've had problems. I've even had problems recognizing people with their mask off. And I go, what is with that? And, and it's because I don't even know how to orient to people's faces anymore, really, sort of. And so I have this yearning within me to connect and to be in that kind of free place where you just are and everybody's okay and we're not there. And I'm not sure how we're where we're going with all of this reconnection stuff, but uh, it's unfolding. And, and when things are unknown, we get anxious and we wonder. And so as I read our readings today, uh, the good part was that the word that struck me was new. There's, in Revelation, we have a new heaven and a new earth, and the beauty of that new Jerusalem. And uh, then we get Jesus saying to his disciples at the Last Supper, uh, this is my new commandment to you, to love one another as I have loved you. And, and where we really get a sense of this newness is when we head to our Acts passage, which is the conversion of Cornelius, actually the Roman centurion, and Peter's talking to his buddies in Jerusalem about why he was hanging out with Gentiles. And so we, we see that. But where I would like to go before we get to looking at that passage is to think about what it meant to live 
in the Roman Empire in, this, in that time. Um, a book's just been written called uh, After Jesus, Before Christianity. And it was written by a consortium of people who have been involved in the, in the past with the Jesus Seminar and with research into how uh, the new uh, biblical materials that have been discovered, Dead Sea Scrolls, Nag Hammadi, and also archaeology and anthropology play into our understanding of the world Jesus was in and the early church began. Now, Rome was at that time like the, the, the empire. And, uh, you know, we hear about the Pax Romana, meaning the Roman peace. And we think, oh, wow, isn't that sort of cool that, you know, Rome was everywhere and, and people could travel safely and it was all chill and cool if you were Roman. If, however, you were a conquered uh, area, territory, it was not peace for you. And if you were at the bottom of the economic scale, it really was not peace for you. Life was precarious. Whether you lived or you died, on a good day you lived, on a bad day you died. And it had to do with the uh, ability of Rome to conquer. And what they would do then is enslave people and move them out or move other people in. And so what was happening was that whole uh, communities and societies were being blown apart. And the uh, ability for people to maintain their language, their culture, their faith in whatever form that came was being blown apart as well. In addition, uh, the uh, Rome would give land to its soldiers when they retired. And so what would happen is that, you know, uh, Marcus would be, li- be a Roman soldier from it- Rome and end up with land outside of Jerusalem. And he would then bring his Romanness to that place and create a Roman presence. And, and this would then dilute or uh, impact the, the culture of the people who already lived there. And so this was uh, a Pax Romana that was bought at a very high price. This was not a cheap thing. And because it wasn't a cheap thing, you had high levels of taxation to fund the maintenance of this Pax Romana. And you would also have the influence of the worship of the emperor then uh, being 
spread throughout the Roman Empire into the worship of the emperor everywhere. And so you might be Jewish, but um, only because uh, Rome didn't want to bother with kind of getting you on board with the uh, emperor worship, you got a chance to maintain your god. But they were sort of like the lucky ones in this uh, Roman thing. And so we've got this, this um, world that is very uh, chaotic, broken, where societies are being shot to pieces. And people were searching. People were searching for an identity for belonging, for safety, for community. That's what they were desiring deepest in their hearts. Now, what if you were an enslaved person hundreds if not thousands of miles from your homeland, what would you do in searching for an identity? Well, one thing you could do is become a little do be Roman, you know, just Roman clone. You could do that. You could try to maintain your own culture and language and faith. But it gets real hard to do that if you have no one with you to maintain it with. And so through time, it would just kind of dribble away. Or you could find a totally new identity that was formed from a totally different worldview and perspective. And that is what the Christian faith became. We had the empire of Caesar juxtaposed against the empire of God, where in under Caesar... Power and might ruled. Under the empire of God, love ruled. And what mattered, and what mattered to this, you know, the, the peasants and the slaves and the small businessmen was the fact that they were in relationship with one another, that they were drawn together into community and that that community was based on their uh, recognition of Jesus as the, as the anointed one. But the interesting thing to discover is that it was very fluid. Every little community had its own perspective. Interestingly enough, They've done research, and some of them hardly mentioned Jesus at all. Didn't have a whole lot to do with Jesus. It had a lot to do with being a community that was drawn together to support and uphold one another. And so we have in our, our, our passage from Acts today, we have this uh, bird's eye view, in a sense, of how the early church began and, and lived. And uh, now, 
This passage is, it, you figure it's got to be pretty important because it comes up twice, okay? I, I like, there's the event itself, and then there's Peter going back to Jerusalem and saying, uh, in response to the challenge of why are you eating with Gentiles, another account of what occurred. Now, the funny thing is, is when you read the uh, uh, account that's the event itself, you realize that the whole reason that the church went towards the Gentiles and accepted them was because Peter was hungry. Didn't, you didn't know that, did you? No. What it was is Peter is up on the roof having a meditative time. It's before dinner. He's getting really hungry. He's looking forward to what's going to be coming his way. And this sheet comes down in this trance that he's in. And he sees all this forbidden food. I'm, I'm hungry, man. Like, why are you giving me this stuff I can't eat? in essence, is what he's saying to God. And God says, no, no, Peter, if I've created it, it's not profane. It's, it's, just, it's fine. Eat, eat it up. And so we see Peter, then he's, he's primed. He's, all, he's, he's got his mind kind of slammed open a bit by God, shaken up about this whole idea of whether Jewish people can hang out with Gentile people. And immediately what happens is these guys from Caesarea, okay, Caesarea, Caesar, got to be Roman folks, Caesarea turn up and say, please come and talk to our master. And so Peter goes, and he meets Cornelius, the Roman centurion, who was a God-fearer. That meant that he was worshipping in the Jewish style, but had not become a Jew. He was a searcher, a person who was seeking God. And so Peter comes to him and, and says, you know, I've been told now to not make any distinctions between Gentiles and Jews in the faith. We are all one in the Lord. And lo and behold, the Holy Spirit comes upon the whole household of Cornelius, and and, uh, we now see the birth of a Gentile Jesus group. Because that's what they were. They were Jesus groups. And the interesting thing is, is that they, these little, little worshiping groups weren't so much worshipers as eaters together. If you want to know what the early church looked like, it's a potluck dinner in the hall. That's what it was like. People got together to eat, to share, to, to laugh and be together, 
to support one another, to share their resources with one another. And there were dining clubs and associations. And there were uh, sort of small schools of, of Jesus where people would kind of study and discuss. And, and the ideas of Jesus and formal worship like this wasn't on the radar screen because that's not what they needed. They needed community. They needed a place to be safe and to belong and to be known. And that is what we need. That is what, as we step forward into the unknown, what we need is to draw together in love, to offer one another support and care, to know what's going on for each other. Like, who's, who's doing well? Who's struggling? How's, how's it going for you? And, and that is what the early church, which was a time of, of who knew what, and, the, and here have, have in common. We live in a world where the spirit is moving in new and different ways. We can't really see what it, where it's taking us, but we know that it's happening. We can trust in that. And how we trust in that is because we are a community that is loving one another as Christ has loved us. So that's what we are about. And so when I think about that little girl in her bright pink ski jacket, I go, and this is, of course, what I did, which is, it's okay. Come to me. I'm with you. I will care. Thanks be to God. <laughs>